All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Coming to get you, Barbara. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Oh, I must be crazy. <laughs> you know, if the institution ever found out about this, they would haul our butts back in and straightjack them. Permanent. You didn't have to come, Oz. Between me and Jason. I know, I know, I know. But I still don't get the therapy here. All you need to know is Jason's dead, right? Seeing his corpse ain't gonna stop the hallucinations. Seeing it won't, but destroying it will. Jason belongs in hell. And I'm gonna see he gets there. There we go. <laughs> okay. Now I'm now I'm back in sorts. I don't know about you, but I'm I, I, I feel like I'm in sorts again. There you go. Oh, oh I definitely am now. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know. I said I was gonna trim that after the last one, but I haven't <laughs> done that as of yet. Because the thing is, I watched and I'm like, what can we cut? And I'm like, I don't know. There's so much good stuff there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Donald can't leave. I mean, you've got, I'm you've like, got critters footage. Like, there you have it. I love those fucking things. They're the best uh, things in the world. I love those movies. As, as ridiculous as they may be. And of course, you know, just from those clips of the critter stuff, like a quarter of it is like cleavage. So, I mean, you can't cut that. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. It's not a thing. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. So, how are we doing this evening? I am doing oh. great. It's it's Thursday. Things with me are kind of on the uptick. We're going to talk movies, and we're going to talk shit about the Scream franchise. So. That, <laughs> among other and, things. <laughs> oh, oh, um, 
Now, we were messaging off air, and I believe I told you that we were going to um, start with news, probably, because I think news ties in with with everything that we're uh, doing here. So, you know what? I have a little bumper that, that that's kind of stupid, but... <laughs> I put it in here for the last time for news, and I didn't use it. And it's so minutes it's long. In here. No, 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 no. But you know what? That would be great, because then that would kill another three minutes. Not that we need it. But, you know, it's, uh... People would be waiting. So, They'd be like... Yeah, yeah they, they would, um... They'd be tuning out. They'd be like, another one that's, like, overly long. Here, yeah, here wow. they go. There's the joke. We get it, guys. <laughs> Right. No, this one. This one is eight seconds. So this one. This one is good, I think, because this is this is only eight seconds. So here we go. Now that works. I want it like a horror themed one, you know. But I haven't. I. I. I don't know. One thing you're gonna learn about me is I suck at making graphics, intros, anything of that sort. Um, the fact that this thumbnail um, that is also the background is is kind of a quarter of the way decent, if even that, right. is just because um, I don't know. I've taken pictures and just removed the background and just slapped them in there. So. You know that that that's kind of that. Um, okay, so uh, how do we want to do this? You had mentioned something. I, I think we should talk about the elephant in the room first, which is the Beetlejuice news. That is. <laughs> uh, I. I... Go ahead, say it. You I know wanted to enough. be excited about it. I, I really want to be excited. I, I just, I, I, I do. I just feel that I can't. I, I can't. I just can't get excited because, I don't know. Give me your take on it and talk about the, the whole Monica Bellucci playing his wife, which I think is, I didn't read the article because just the headline sounds ridiculous to me. And well, well, it sounds ridiculous, but you can get into it because maybe you'll say something that will, you know, make me, you know, make it make sense to me or something. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So for those that we'll do a little quick catch up. So for those who don't know, um, Beetlejuice 2, after all these years, is all systems go. It has started filming, I believe, in London. And you've got Tim Burton back, which... I'll never shy away from a Burton movie. My daughter is a huge fan of Tim Burton, so I think I did good there in the Papa Raising Department. Um, yes. We've got Michael Keaton back, and we've got the reboot queen herself, Jenna Ortega, playing Renona Ryder's daughter. Renona Ryder is also set to return in some capacity. And here's my take, and I actually rewatched the first Beetlejuice today to kind of mull in my head why this news doesn't really sit with me. You know, it kind of sits with me like being in dark pants and, you know, kind of peeing yourself where it's like, what's well, a warm feeling, but I don't know if this is what 
how things should be. And having said that, it's because, you know, they'd use the term for movies, lightning in a bottle. I, wa- I watched the first Beetlejuice, and as far as I'm concerned, that's close. There we go. There you are. I, peekaboo. Okay, yes. Yes, that's you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made a peekaboo reference. Look at that. Um, and this is a movie that, especially the first one, like, it really feels like it exists just on its own as well it should because Burton was super young. He had just jumped ship from Walt Disney. And the only movie he had made at this point was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And he was still very young, and it was a, it was one of those things where... Hang on. <laughs> you always have technical issues. I, I, it's... No, no worries. I think I got the fix. My, my internet here sucks because, well, in a lot of ways, Utah sucks. So... <laughs> oh, me, I, I hear you because the internet here on my end is no better um so i i totally i i feel you there 100 percent. so hopefully it'll hold up long enough so i i i find myself in this kind of place looking at the first movie and knowing how so many things were different as far as the world is concerned and you look at the script of the original and it's like it's it was it's so off kilter and designed to be that way to where you can't replicate that 36 years later. I don't even know if there should have been one, even in a timely manner, but you know, you're not going to bring back obviously Alec Baldwin or Gina Davis. They were a part of it too. And you know, a lot of people's careers were very young and starting off and you have Catherine O'Hara who's great in this. And you're now trying to shoehorn a name and Hollywood is kind of obsessed with this now. And this right. isn't new, but now they're really obsessed with this. They're trying to shoehorn old stuff into new things and kind of give it this polished job. And in the case of Jenna Ortega, I call her the reboot queen. And this is no flies on her, but I will say this. Everything she's been associated with to where she's really gotten off the ground has been interlinked with something that's come before. She's become kind of like the adrenaline shot to bring all this stuff back. I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing because it is a little disingenuous. And we're talking about Hollywood here. So we're not necessarily looking for, you know, oh, they really mean it when they want to bring it back. It's like, no, they found a way to bring it back with somebody who's hot at the moment. And they can generate buzz. Just think about it. We've heard murmurs for years about Beetlejuice, about, hey, they're going to do it. Hey, it's going to happen. Hey, this. And all up until this point, and I get with studio politics and changes of hands in, in leadership, this stuff can change in a heartbeat as far as what's greenlit and what's not, as long as the money hasn't really been spent yet. But it cannot be an out-and-out coincidence that she's now become the big thing. They've signed her probably to an atrocious amount of money and now they can get this thing off the ground and it's all easy peasy and another thing is too is that from a budgetary standpoint you look at the first one and it's meant to be kind of kitsch like you can tell it wasn't they didn't throw a bunch of money at this but they didn't have to like they had ingenuity this move this right. movie in 80 something 86 87 cost 88 i believe 88 cost 
like $13 million and made like over 80 at the box office. So it, it really feels like a movie that should not have done as well as it did, but gratefully it did. And for a lot of people, they have a lot of great memories. I remember watching this the first time on video cassette and it opened my eyes. It was like, wow, there were, you know, and, and Tim Burton has always had a soft spot for the weirdos because he's kind of a weirdo himself. And that's kind of how he's made his career. And, right. and that's part of why I love the man. But having said that, now we're kind of at this point where, you know, it's kind of like the VW's bugs of the next kind of go around. And, you know, back in the 60s, they were considered the hippie mobiles. And then the hippies grew up because they were boomers. And then they took the Beetle and then they made it a corporate thing. So this is kind of one of those where it's like this cute little movie that had its moment, has a special place in our heart. And now it's like, well, we can bring that back with somebody who it's going to be centered around. Of course, it's going to be centered around Jenna Ortega because she writes her own stuff. She should be at that picket line for uh, Writers right. Guild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a conversation by itself. I, I could go on that for hours. But I, I want to have hope for this. I think that it could be fun. Obviously, they're going to play a lot on nostalgia, and they're going to shoehorn some stuff in from the first one so people my age can go, oh, look, they added that. There's going to be a lot of those moments because that's what they do. But I'm waiting for the day where Jenna Ortega does something of her own. And I understand she's bringing herself to all these roles, but a lot of this stuff is kind of starting to be built around her. So for me, it's like, hey, you can bring all this stuff back. You're not the first. I'm pretty sure soon enough, she's going to be attached to a reboot of Bob the Builder. Like at this rate, I mean, they might as well just keep going and going and going and going because they're going to do that. As long as, as long as those ch chicks keep getting cashed, that's what's going to happen. But um, I don't know what to think. Um, I, a lot of the humor when you watch the original is not going to fly. <laughs> no. no. You know, it's, it's, very much, it's very much, especially in its time of the 80s, it's a little bit of a dirty movie. I mean, in a good way. And I still appreciate it for what it is. But I also know that, you know, Nowadays, we're not allowed to laugh at anything, so how are they going to make this a comedy? Um, right. For me, I guess the stamp I put on it is too soon to tell, because we're just... And it's funny, because we've heard them inching up to it little by little once Jenna Ortega was cast, but now the other side of it is literally... And it's crazy, because now it is literally... Oh, yeah, um, we forgot to tell you guys. We're already filming. It's like, oh, wait, what? And... yeah. Just to give you an idea of the change of the times, so from what I understand, this is being filmed in London. Tim Burton lives in London, and when he was making the first Batman, apparently he didn't, being young, he didn't do well with being so far from L.A., from home, and other ones. So that was a tough experience for him. him. Obviously, that Batman was... Wonderful in so many ways. When he made Batman Returns, because Warner Brothers was so intent on getting him back any way, shape, or form, that's why the second movie wasn't filmed in 
London. It was filmed in L.A. in like half of Warner sound stages. And that was because she didn't want to go back to London, which is funny because now he lives there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's all changing of the no times. Sense. Well, it's all the changing of the times. I think, you know, to replicate certain things mm-hmm. are, are, are difficult, especially when you're now trying to shoehorn in new characters to kind of revitalize stuff. Because this is all, as, as far as I'm concerned, this trend will continue thanks to Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Which I have not seen yet. <gasps> I know. Blasphemy. Heretic. Yeah. You blasphemy. naughty, That's you funny. naughty, dirty boy. I'm a blasphemer. You are dirty. Is it really that good? It is. Okay. Here's why the movie is great for someone like me. Okay. Okay. Yes. When they do, when they do a lot of these reboots, redos, recalls, whatever the fuck they call them these days, there right. is always. There is always them working so hard to shoehorn in new characters for it to be based around. And you have what used to be the original characters now taking a back seat. Scream is a perfect example. What makes this movie great is that they do not shy away from the character. Tom Cruise, he is not... He is not anything new he hasn't been changed by the world around him he's still pete mitchell he's still maverick he is still somebody who sees the world the way he does gonna do things the way he he does and it's just so sharp to do that as opposed to oh well Let's make let's make him a side character in his own story, and then we'll introduce these new characters. Because obviously, there's a ton of new characters, and I'm sure you've already. This is not a spoiler, but I'm sure you've seen trailers where they've hinted to the fact where Goose's son gets involved, which totally makes sense. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they do such a good job of putting these things together, and they create a cohesive backstory without going back. Nor do they like try to de-age Tom Cruise to kind of, you know, horribly retcon these things. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, it's a bit of a remake of the first one. But that's to their credit in this case because it's like, well, they knew they knew the assignment. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 honestly, that trend, that movie. I mean, making as much freaking money as it did. You know, there we go. There we. Go. And uh, it's it is a movie that I mean, honestly, for my money, it is a movie that should not have been as great as it was. And not just from a nostalgia standpoint, like they really they, they really did the right treatment of the character and the material. And that's why it works, because it's not it's not in his name. And then not about him. It's very much about him. And it's very much about where he's at in his career and the things he's done in the past. And the things he's done in the past that's affected other people mm-hmm. to try to help them, but then hasn't. So you 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 definitely see like growth of this character, but it's still Maverick. The movie is about him, and the movie is kind of picking up where he left off, even though there's this span of time. That's what's so great about it. The character is still the character. The last time 
something like that got pulled off so well with like the color of money which was a sequel to the hustler it had paul newman and oddly enough it had tom cruise who was extremely young and it was a it was once again a case of this character where he's at now and catching up to them and um i don't think beetlejuice is gonna get that treatment i don't think i don't think the writers are equipped for that especially when you compare the first one because the first Top Gun is, you know, USA, you, I mean, all the way. Mm-hmm. And what's so great is, like, they don't shy away from that here. That's that's what makes Maverick so, such a good movie and far better than it was supposed to be. <laughs> um, Mr. Nanners in the chat says he loves Jenna's take on Wednesday Adams. And he says Maverick was awesome. Her take was fun. It was definitely built around this kind of procedural deal. I will give her credit for the fact that, and she even said this on a talk show, that her main direction was don't blink, (laughs) which she doesn't do a lot of in Wednesday. I actually enjoy Wednesday, and her take is unique and really fits the role. But when you look at kind of the nuts and bolts of where this stems from, like the Adams family, like, was there a lot of whodunits in the Adams family? Like, that's, for me, no. that's where it's, when you put the character in a different way, because you create something around them where you, like, have to. In the case of Maverick, they don't do that. The character is the character. Wednesday's kind of molded more for the script. I, I got more of that feeling. And also keep in mind, the people who created Wednesday are the same ones who created Smallville. So that should be an indicator. <laughs> And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because I actually really enjoy Smallville. The last two seasons got a little unique, but you could tell they were kind of wrapping it up like, all right, let's just let's just go home. Let's just get there. Mm-hmm. So, right. um, no, hopefully she's going to, you know, bring something to this that's, I mean, without her name attached to it, I don't think they would have greenlit Beetlejuice 2. So this is all kind of waiting. Yeah, I don't see. think Michael Keane's enough for that he should be but he's not and the man is 71 and and he can still he can still out act and out funny the best of them having said that obviously you know it wasn't just him so um i have some excitement i have a lot of trepidation and i'm one person like scream six was a perfect example i shit on it from the highest mountaintop I watched it because I know it's a screen movie and I'm one of those people. I'm not a shill. I can't. I refuse to go and look at something and give it. I mean, I can look at a trailer and go, yeah, that doesn't look like me. But to actually be able to say something about it, I'll have to watch it first. So am I going to watch Beetlejuice 2? Yeah, I'll be honest. I know I will. But I also know that whatever came before will definitely not what we get now (laughs) no no not at all not at all and that that's that's why i'm scared personally of of this because it just seems like it's going to be another in the trend why not instead of calling it beetlejuice 2 just call it beetlejuice 2024 (laughs) Or, or or just call it beetlejuice again you know because people won't you know the the young ones today won't remember Beetlejuice from 1988. They'll be like, wait, what? What? What is that? 
I don't know what that is. What do you? What, you, what is this Beetlejuice you speak of? Beetlejuice, like, ooh, ooh, did they sell yeah. that at Whole Foods? What is that? Is that a milk alternative? Ooh. <laughs> What do you what Give do you mean there's a joke about a 15-year-old being married to a ghost? And it's like oh. that is one thing I've heard where people have pissed and moaned and bitched and rattled about. And my my answer is this. First of all, it's a movie about ghosts who are trying to get rid of people in a house. Mm -hmm. And number two, do y'all realize they're actually trying to stop that from happening? Like they know that's a no-no, motherfuckers. Like, come on, keep up. Yeah. <laughs> Beetle, Beetlejuice, uh, Mr. Nair. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's great. Wonderful. I mean, see, that sounds like they the poor need version. to get to a point. Yeah, they, they, they need to just like stop because I, I can't personally. I, I just, I, I can't take it. And I know it's gonna. People are gonna be like, "Well, he's old. He's not gonna like the new stuff because he grew up with the other stuff and he's old. He's, he's just, he's. It's not catering to him because he's not our demographic." Well, then just, okay, well, then maybe at that point I just got to stop watching movies because I, I'm just not interested. Well, they try to tack the name on, and like I said, that's where the that's where the nostalgia milking comes in, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is that, and I'll be completely honest, and I, I, I will not shy away from this fact. I definitely have fed into that shit over the years. I knew that The Force Awakens was a New Hope remade. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. actually enjoy it. I don't think it's great. Yeah. I think it's really good, but I also know what it is. And the other thing with, uh, I mean, that also goes hand in hand with Ghostbusters Afterlife. I know. This, I mean, my brain had two moments or had two kind of split-second thoughts on when they showed a CGI Harold Ramis as a ghost. And first of all, there's that part of me, it's like, wow, I hope the family signed off on this, because this is a bit brazen, and I know what they're trying to do. Literally in that same moment when I saw that for the first time, I said, my boys are back together. I missed, I missed my boys. I, I see my boys, and those are my boys. And I know it just exists in that frame, but I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that yes, that stuff has the effect. Now, when you look at it after the fact, you're a bit like, ooh, like that's a little, that's a little much. But I also know that um, it works, and the money keeps changing hands, and that's part of why we st we keep seeing this stuff. And you know, this is a new trend. Well, I take that back. It's not a new trend. It's just now done in a very new way and uh, there we go i'm waiting for some of like the most ridiculous i mean i'm i'm waiting for like things that they're gonna dust off like things that i mean i'm waiting for like in like flint remakes i'm waiting for like <laughs> it's gonna happen it you know what and I'm, I'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you you know what they're gonna do they're gonna they're gonna touch the godfather and don't say that. <laughs> I, I don't want to think it, but they're going to do it. They're going to touch it, and they're going to touch it in a way that I don't want it to be touched. And Show us I on the doll where the studio touched you. <laughs> yeah, I can't endorse that. I cannot endorse it. Yeah, I'm waiting I for... Just, I, you know. I'm waiting for Robert Zumeckis and Bob Gale to die so Universal oh. can reboot Back to the Future. Oh, Volk, Volk. 
they will kill them. They will put a hit out on them and just kill them. You'll you'll see it in a year or so from now. They'll just all of a sudden, like an assassin's bullet will. There you go. Yeah, we'll get Tom Holland as Marty. Oh God. You know what? We could get I, Michael I, Keaton as Doc Brown. <laughs> get, you know what? I'll I'll allow it. That that I might allow just because it's Michael Keaton. I'll I'll go for that. I think that that would be. Actually, you know, I think we. I think we need to get actually William Shatner as Doc Brown. Marty, you need to come back with me. No, you and Jennifer are fine. It's about mm -hmm. your kids. Your stupid snot nosed bastard little kids. <laughs> I, I I pay for that ticket absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that I probably would go for too. But it just. It's just that's all they're doing these days. It's like just you know, it's just recycle, 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 recycle. Well, well, perfect example is obviously I think it's next no, two weeks, we get a little mermaid. Or the little mermaid, we get the remake. And obviously, if you own a cell phone, you've heard all the back and forth and all the silly shit about the casting and this and the change in the song and whatever. Here's my issue, because None of that stuff. No sweat off my sack. My big beef with that is just the fact that they remade it. What was wrong with the first one? Like, didn't you stick the landing? And if you're going to try to have this kind of generational shift where you want... Mm -hmm. And we're back. <laughs> Sometimes your faces freeze at just the funniest moments. Sorry. I'm going to start. I'm literally going to... <laughs> yeah, that's great. Kind of Jim Carrey moments and just. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. the mask and you're starring. I, you know what? I would love for them to do a new mask. Um, because the comic book, I mean, the original back in the day, and I'm a huge mm -hmm. Dark Horse comics fan. They didn't even scratch the surface with what really became of the character as a whole and all these versions so i mean that's one i could get behind i mean we're getting another we're getting <laughs> that's the greatest one i love that pose right there Ooh. that's the best <laughs> oh shit i gotta freeze frame some of them. that last one was great you're just like <laughs> Oh man, that's the best. Um, they're remaking everything for modern audiences for representation and diversity. Yes. Oh, but I'm all for that. There's just one problem. I think we all know that it's disingenuous, and we're talking about Hollywood yeah. studios. So, mm -hmm. by its very nature, it's going to be. But for me, it's like that's great. I love stuff like that and learning these things and these stories in the process. But you can't, you can't hold feathers. Shove them up your ass and then call yourself a chicken. You can't make something that isn't there and shoehorn it and people not go, no. If you're going to create something, do that. You have to do it from the ground up. And and I think more than ever, like we look at movies of even... Yeah, I try to use this tablet and it came from Verizon, so it's a hunk of shit. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, get, I would get more out of using that fucking thing if I threw it. At a fat kid at a fucking Krispy Kreme. Oh, can we do that? <laughs> that would be hilarious. 
Actually, now I want donuts. I'm hungry. <laughs> that you know, there's a Dunkin' right down. I'll tell you what. I love Dunkin'. Cream around here, but there's a Yum Yum Donuts. I don't know if you ever had Yum Yum. Oh, sounds familiar. I don't think oh. I've had it. So you you. <laughs> You're like they you're missing out, these, dude. They have these coffee rolls and these. Okay, now oh, Dunkin' oh. has apple fritters. Okay, the Dunkin' apple fritters. You can tell that they're fake, but this place, yum yum. I go and I take a bite into it. You know what I get? Real <clears throat> apples. Yes. Real apples, just like coming out of the pit. I'm like, oh, oh. Oh, yes, please. Whoa. Hands above the waist, sir. <laughs> I mean, you know. I'm trying to, but I want that damn and I was going to say, and how is that going? Uh, now, I'm, I, I'm all for change. And I'm all for changing in storytelling. My, my beef is just that they don't come from original or genuine places and i'm all for being inspired by something or you know a renewed take but that's not what's happening if you look at a lot of these they pretty much stick to what's come before just so they can kind of mm -hmm. you know as they claim fix it but part of the issue is a lot of these people these creative types you know they're charged with the task of taking something they don't fully understand but in their minds, making it better. That's why Rings of Power is, is for a TV series especially, it's beautiful to look at. It has nothing to do with Tolkien's work. <laughs> right. It, has, it, it literally has nothing to do with Tolkien's work. And there's some things about it that are actually quite good, but ultimately, it is not about Tolkien's work. It's about using his name, and and two hundred and fifty million dollars of using his name, but you can you can get those rights all you want. It doesn't necessarily make it better. Um, and apparently now with the writer strike, that's held up Rings of Power too, which people are more celebrating than anything else. So there you go. <laughs> they didn't, so they didn't cancel it. I thought for a while there they were actually gonna pull the plug on that but well they've they're committed i don't know what the deal is but originally they were committed to somewhere between five and seven seasons and amazon was really beholden to that but we know you know the as as this series has gone on people have not been particularly impressed with it and now amazon is in one of those tricky kind of deals where it's like well do we shit or get off the pot? Because it's like, okay, people are still going to watch. They can course correct. But I also know another side of it has to be, they got to do better. Because all the stuff that came in the first season, it is so nitpicked from so many of his works. Because everybody was like, well, it's based on, you know, that one work. Um, I always get the name wrong. The sim Similarium. Who's ever listening, please correct me because I, I know we're good sometimes. But having said that, like, it's barely about that. Like, it's so nitpicked from so many things that he's done. There are characters that wouldn't, there are characters in there that don't show up for like decades. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they
there are things involved that happen that don't show up for so long. And you're like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you guys doing? And, uh, you know, I, I watched it with my son. We, we tried to watch it. We liked it. If you're a G whiz viewer, you're probably going to enjoy it just off of the visuals. The story is almost nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And the way a lot of that story is executed is nonsensical. Mm-hmm. But, but Amazon is running into this issue where they've poured so much money at this thing. And not a lot of people are on board with it. So, yeah, that uh, might not bode well. But I guess they'll keep it going for now because, yeah, it probably does cost a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. Sixty million an episode, which is ridiculous to oh. bend my head around. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. And 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 what is this? Oh, and Fox dropped. I don't know if you watch um nine one one on on Fox, but they dropped. Well, they went over to ABC because I guess it would uh, for its seventh season. They're taking it to ABC because I guess. Since the Disney merger, I guess uh, Disney has more of a financial stake in it, so that's why they're getting it. And they said oh. that those episodes cost like nine million an episode, uh, uh, and there's like eighteen per season. But Rings yeah. of Power is six. That's that's estimated, of course. But I mean, but, still. but yeah, well, just to pin down the rights, and 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 you know, even even those shitty Hobbit movies. But the but the Lords of the Ring movies, you know the first three, those cost a lot back then. And anytime you undertake this type of project where you have to really stick the landing, I mean, even even some of the stuff in Rings of Power they don't get right visually. But there is that other side of, hey, when you when you make something that's going to be this big, you have to put money on it. So. Mm-hmm. And this is what when you hire activists to write and direct movie shows, you know exactly where you're going to get, and then blame the fans for not wanting it. Um, yeah, so maybe we need to hire actual fans to. Yeah, well, no, well. Well, I think the trick is is. Well, I think the trick is is you need storytellers. I think ultimately you need people who know how to convey a story and care about characters and actually follow an arc. And I think, you know, there's so many different, there's so many different ways of doing one story. Cause I think all stories, you know, center around a character and you actually have to care about them. And I think one of the biggest issues in brings of power is that you don't give a shit about the characters and so many of these characters with this being a prequel and there's another thing because they go back and a lot of this stuff turns into retconning this is those people's ways activists shitty writers synonymous in some ways these are the very people who literally are like well now we think we've made it better and it's like better than what like you were mentioning the godfather don't give them ideals to go back and mess with that masterpiece because they'll do it Oh, they will. They will absolutely do it. And same when Harry, because I I love Harrison Ford, you know, and I, how he says, you know, 
Indy lives and dies with me, I guess. When Indy, when I die, then Indy dies in the world. I'm sorry, Mr. Ford, but that will not happen. They will yep. bastardize it just like they bastardize everything else. Yep. You'll get Chris Pratt in that fedora in no time. <laughs> Shoot me now, please. I just <laughs> You'll get yeah. You'll get yeah. You'll get uh, Indiana Jones and the Adventures of the Star Lord. Like that's and 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 let's be honest here. It's not a surprise that would happen because even with the fifth one coming with from the trailer, I'm not exactly jumping up and down with joy. Am I going to see it? Sure. Because without a doubt, this is going to be Harrison Ford's last go. It's a little hard to see a 80 year old Indiana Jones. <laughs> Cause I don't think anybody really wants to see that, but here we are. Oh, and there's also a rumor that the current cut of the movie. Yeah. Is roughly two and a half hours. 30 minutes of that is de-aged Harrison Ford. And it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. I know you're retconning, so you made him look younger. But then it's also like, well, how much of this is really about the character? Because if you're retconning, that means you're going to change something going forward. And you're probably going to try to take away all the previous movies in the process. So what do you put in its place? And a lot of times, you know, modern writers for modern audiences want to basically put their stamp on these things and come back to it. Well, guess what? Why are you fixing something that isn't broken? (laughs) So wait, 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 stop, stop for one second. I didn't know that they were, are they seriously going to retcon some stuff with this? Did they, did they say that somewhere? Cause I didn't hear that. Well, that's the rumor. Apparently, so like I said, rumor, rumor, rumor that there was a screening and the screening didn't go very well. Now, well, part of that has to do with the focus seems to be more on what's her name? Phoebe Waller-Bridger, who I kind of like. I love Fleabag on Amazon. That show's freaking amazing. But Mm -hmm. it seems to focus more on her, not to mention the MacGuffin of this, um, you know, the Dial of Destiny, not crazy about the title, um, deals with time travel. So anytime you put time travel into it, you're, you're, you're consciously going to change something. So do you think that they're going to erase Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Do you think they're going to take away if they take away last crusade i'll kill them I'll well kill them. i i think they're, they're i think they're gonna take her. away i think they're gonna take away a lot i just want to see what that's gonna look like because mm-hmm. anytime you retcon something you spoil mm-hmm. the apple cart and a lot of these modern writers activist types they're not worried about that and it's so crazy to me how they have no problem not just making changes but changing it like from a tonal standpoint Hmm. I, I just uh, a, okay. I've heard that rumor too um, you know I don't have an issue with that but don't do it standing on his grave <laughs> they, they, they you know what I hmm. <laughs> I know people are all in this for the nostalgia but I'm hearing this and, and I, I look it's the retconning I don't want it ruined why do they have to do that why? 
just stop, please. Stop. I'm begging them, please. Because they're because they're trying to reintroduce things, but then in their minds, that presenting side of it is, oh look, we made it better. And now all these new people are going to come to watch it and stuff like that because they didn't get the old stuff. And it's like, okay, you can do something like that, but when you stand on classics to do it, it's it, it's so disingenuous. And it's such BS because now you're using now you're using something that's been established as a vehicle to do something else. And 9 out of 10 times we've seen it very recently with a bunch of movies that shit don't work. <laughs> no, no. And, and okay. All right. Now I'm going to get into something that, that I wanted to bring up because we talked about it on the last show. Mm -hmm. And I told you that, you know, I, I watched evil Dead rise a certain way. Well, <laughs> you called it that it was going to be released on digital May 9th. So on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, May 9th, I, I made it a point to sit down and I, I, I watched the VOD um, non-cam presentation. And? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, 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 oh. Um, now, I know that you said that there were moments where you were sitting there and you're like, you know, ooh, and I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I, I sat there and I watched it and I was like, um, um, is it over? And <laughs> wasn't over and it just kept going and i'm like i i just i don't i don't get it see okay i grew up with evil dead okay Same. i grew up with evil dead one two and three and i know you did too so so mm -hmm. you, i think you can kind of see where i'm coming from because uh i have other evil dead um friends that are evil dead fans and they don't see where i'm coming from but i i i think you will no, I do. Yes, you're not like these people. You're a sane, <laughs> rational, thinking human being. These you will never call me that again. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, wait. Okay. Here's the thing. It's not Evil Dead. And I'll tell you why it's not Evil Dead. Because the fucking Deadites are not a fucking virus. That just fucking chases after you. Like, that was to me one of the dumbest things. And I mean, come on, for a series that prides itself on practical effects, can you use CGI <laughs> any more shitty? Please. Like, no. I just, I can't. I can't. They, they were able to do things a little more practically than per usual. But here's for me why I enjoy Evil Dead Rise as a part of Evil Dead as a whole, but certainly more than the 2013 version. Obviously, people won't agree. I get that. You know, we, we all have different takes on, um, you know, much of the same material. Mm -hmm. I actually went back and I watched, I think it was a few days ago, I rewatched the, the, the Fede Alvarez one. Because it was, a, once again, it was a sticking point, similar to the whole Beetlejuice thing. So it was a sticking point. I'm like, why do I feel this way as opposed to this way? Mm -hmm. And the reason is this. Right. When you look at, especially the first three movies and the stars show, and right. we talked about this last time where I mentioned the relentlessness of all this. Like this, the first movies are, 
you know, they have this very bonkers kind of just energy that was so unique to the franchise and what made it so great. There's this, there's this just different kind of removed universe to all this. Right. In the case of the Fetty Alvarez, I think it lacked that. They tried to make it too grounded. They tried to make it too... They, they really tried to make it like a gritty reboot. Like they tried to give the Daniel Craig 007 Batman Begins treatment to this. And I didn't get it. Like some of the stuff is great. There are some parts where I'm like, ah, it's freaking nuts. But mm. in the case of the Fiddy Alvarez to another point for me is they went back and they remade the first movie and they made all these changes in the case of evil dead rise. This was kind of a continuation, a side story, if you will. And now it's all based around the books, not necessarily the characters. Now, if they're going to use that mindset, I'm okay with that. They're going to need to do a little better with some of these things. However, there was more where they stuck the landing to connect to more of the original Raimi Evil Dead than the Fetty Alvarez version. Because I don't know about you, but and and for those who haven't seen it, this is not an out spoiler, but there's a scene where the Bob who's possessed, she's a deadite, and she goes outside and you see it through the keyhole where she has people who's trying to kill her and she takes a 10-year-old boy and she beats his ass and tosses him like a used condom and kills him. And they don't edit around that shit either because it's done through the, the keyhole. So you can see it right there. And that was something at that level that was just so relentless that had not been really done in the 2013 version. Not to mention, we got to remember one of the big things that I hated about the 2013 version. You said, you know, they treated it like a virus in the, 2023, the 2023 one. In the 2013 one, they did the same thing, and somehow she was cured. Like, towards the end, she was like, well, I got better. And it's like... So, um, I, I can see why people would be not big on it. Um, you know, that Evil Dead that we've really been accustomed to, I think it pretty much got done with you know, that last season of the series, because the series really stuck to that. And they were smart to keep right. it like 25, 30 minutes, because it's like, I mean, you know, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna have these long drawn out conversations about the meaning of life in those series. You know, it's, right. hey, this is happening, this is happening, blood, gore, funny, Ash is awesome, credits on to the next episode. So now it's going to be really interesting to see where they go from here, because, now they've opened it up where it's like, well, there's more than one book, which totally makes sense. But now it's like, okay, so are these ever going to connect? We know that the book can mess with dimensions and time and space. Are they ever going to bring that around? And we're going to have, um, you know, Evil Dead No Way Home. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't doubt it, but I've made a decision. I've made a decision after watching Evil Dead Rise. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I, I said... I said, as of right now, as of this moment, I made this statement to somebody earlier this afternoon around 3 p.m. So <laughs> as of 3 p.m. Eastern time, I today have said 
Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was 4.05 p.m. Eastern time. Let's, <laughs> um, I want to be exact. Let's be exact. 4.05 p.m. Eastern time. I know time where I was when this happened. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I wasn't on my knees like I am right now, but I, I was <laughs> well, in darn. the same room. <laughs> yes. I do shows on my knees. That, that's how I roll. But, I um, did too, but I was young and needed the money. So good. I've decided. I've decided that as of four or five PM this afternoon, Eastern Time, I will never, never, never watch another Evil Dead film <gasps> unless it features. Bruce Campbell. Other than that, I am done with this franchise. It can go and and just die. I am done. I'm over it. I, I'm still good me, with it. I feel better about the Evil Dead story. franchise than I do about the Scream franchise. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Scream franchise, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I, I, I think they should have left it at three and just been done. And I think we would have been, you know, in a better place. I think it makes sense. Point. I like four, but that makes sense. Yeah, no, four was four was good, but I think three was just the logical closure point where, you know, really. So if I have to be the old fuddy-duddy who <laughs> doesn't like anything new, okay, then as far as I'm concerned. The Evil Dead franchise ends for me at Army of Darkness unless Ash returns and for more than just a 19-second groovy cameo. Because um, I heard he was a voice in Evil Dead Rise on he one is. of the vinyl records. Yeah, yes, I, was like, okay. I, I was like, yeah, nice way to shoehorn him in. I didn't even know that. I'm like, and don't even get me started on that vinyl. Because it didn't even sound like the the vinyl from the original. So if you're gonna go back, you're gonna do all this fan service shit. Then at least give us something that you know I can identify with. I mean, you're gonna give me come get some. I don't care. Shut up. Don't say it because you suck. And I then, am. Um, <laughs> and then the, I swallowed your soul. That okay. Fucking give me fucking Ted Raimi, please. Saying, I swallow your soul, I swallow your soul. Swallow this. <sighs> give me that. I'll take that. Yes. I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. Shut up. It, Shut up. They need to get back to that kind of gonzo filmmaking that went with the first ones. And remember, like the first ones, that's what they had to work with, especially obviously number one. So. Yeah. It's, you know, more money isn't necessarily, and we know this, more money isn't necessarily going to get you a better product. It'll give you more things to do. But anytime you introduce more money, your problem solving and your creativity kind of change direction because now it's just, well, we can do that and we can do that and I can make this happen. And it's like, you know, and, and well, look at the first Star Wars, perfect example. Like he didn't have a ton of money to do that stuff. And he had to be, he had to use some level of not just creativity, but ingenuity to pull off what he could. And, you know, Jaws is the same way. A lot of movies, especially back then, that were able to really stick the landing, 
are the ones that really found themselves where they were like, okay, we don't have a ton of money. We're still going to try to do this. How are we going to do this? And then a lot of this stuff turns sink or swim. And a lot of it was always, you know, swim. So right. until that changes, you know, cause now of course, Holly weird likes to throw money at stuff until that changes. And until we get back to this stuff, until we get back to people wanting to be creative, because that's another thing too, you know, who chimed in and thank you so much for chiming in. But, you know, when they have a certain take on things, like you said, activists, and especially when they've got people kind of coaxing them to do it. And then it's like, well, here's some money. You go do that. The first thing you do is you re remove creativity on like how you're going to do these things because you don't have to think about it. Now, I, I just have to. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't ruin it for you. I didn't ruin anything for you. I'm going to tell you who ruined it for you, though. You ready? You ready? Paramount Pictures ruined Scream and Warner Brothers ruined Evil Dead. There, I said it. They did it. The, it's over. They ruined it. The new Scream is good, not great. You have to take it for what it is. And in the case of the new Evil Dead, I think it's closer to the spirit of Evil Dead than other things that have been done. I don't want to say they're ruined, but now they're in really different directions. And especially, you know, something we haven't talked about yet. It looks like Jenna Ortega is probably not going to be in Scream seven and they've already kind of committed two movies to her being a, a center of that so now you're in a really tricky place because now it's like do we work on getting her back or do we now really go all in which now they may not have a choice because they went really all in before but now they really might have to just go ah shit we gotta we, we gotta do it um well, you know, focus on the, the daughter more than before. So, or new characters, because these are now franchises. They've literally, they've literally now started to exist outside of their original confines, their original movies. And now it's to the point where so many years have passed and so many versions and iterations have been done. We're going to keep seeing these things. Sometimes we're going to have gaps, 10 years, 20 years, sure. But they're going to keep going. Yeah. Well, they they need what? Okay, what needs to happen <laughs> is if don't kid me and say that you're you know going to go back to the basics of a franchise and do this and do that because you're not. You're going to go back to what you think are the new basics, but the old basics, the the good basics are dead because you killed them and that's you know that that that's just where we are and that that's well, far and well a I lot of the new creatives don't know the difference well and i hope <laughs> i hope that jenna art that that jenna ortega is out of screen seven i hope the scream seven doesn't even happen because radio silence pretty much showed that you know like we said in the last episode ready or not is brilliant. Radio Nat is great. Right. Scream 5, 2020, Scream and Scream 6, why the hell they would do Scream 
and then screams sit. It makes no sense, but they he, you screwed it up. Stop. And that's not my internet. That's me. Stop. <laughs> Please stop. Look what you've gone and done. You've gone and upset the child. What have you done? <laughs> I can't take it. And that's exactly what it is. They 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 they're destroying everything. Like, can we just burn it all? I I just want to burn it all. And and just if they done. ever try to remake Apocalypse Now, oh, I will riot. Like, don't touch that sacred unicorn. Listen, don't. Listen, <laughs> if they do that or the Godfather, I swear to you, I will kill somebody. I will. I will. You know what? Paramount. Paramount owns Apocalypse Now. I well, no, wait, no, fuck, no. No, I don't Lionsgate know. does. But I think, I think so. Paramount, but Paramount originally released it because I have a DVD that was released under Paramount. Yes. When they first put Redux out, I believe it was under Paramount. It wasn't under Lionsgate. Yes, so, the five-hour version of Apocalypse Now, because it wasn't long enough. <laughs> no, no. Um, so that's why I'm saying I think, I think that they just need to take a breath and they need to be like, okay, so maybe we need to start doing new, fresh ideas. Will never happen. <laughs> Will never happen. Fresh. Hey, we got a bunch of comments over here. Oh, good, good. Yummy. Um, I like Jenna's Gap. Don't you say that, you pig. Michael, if Scream don't, if Scream don't happen, me and you gonna Jello wrestle. Tom. Buddy, friend, pal. Why just go. wait for that? Do it anyway. <laughs> I I will do that. I, I I think that that will be good. You know, I'll I'll drown I'll drown myself in Jello as long as they don't make any more Scream films or 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 um Evil Dead films or whatever else. Um, I'm gonna well, remake you... Godfather and use Leo DiCaprio as the Godfather. That is blasphemy, sir. And you know. That's a big no-no. That, wait, wait. Ooh. If you make Leo, if you make Leo the Godfather, if you make him Vito Corleone, will that mean his wife will be like twenty-four? Oh, wow. <laughs> just, just, well, hey, just want to know. <laughs> it's, it's, you know. Oh, Justin, you, you wash that mouth out with soap. He said, Leo, Leo DiCaprio or Justin Bieber. You wash that mouth out with soap, sir, because... Sir, Justin, I say this with all due respect. You are a filthy hooker from Whore Island. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's... Oh, oh, I, I, oh, I can't. But you know what? Look at it this way. Not all remakes shit the bed. Because let's be honest, and a lot of people don't necessarily remember this, that Scarface that people love, and I enjoy it very much, with... Uh, with Al Pacino, yes, Mr. Hua. Um, that was a remake of a 1932 gangster movie. Yeah. So, you know, that Crazies remake from 2010 with Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, which is amazing. The Crazies was a knockoff, like, um, uh, Night of the Living Dead. So, yeah, yes. they're, they're not all bad, but I also know that 
anytime you want to remake and you want to go back to something, you, you risk changing the optics and quote unquote, the legacy. Perfect example is those Star Trek movies that JJ, I wish I was Steven Spielberg Abrams. I enjoy them as like fun fan fictions. I don't feed into them as canon because especially when you get Benadryl cucumber patch to play Khan, that's not Khan. When they were trying to cast this thing, they were trying to get either Javier Bardem or Benicio Del Toro as Khan. I could have flown with that. Yeah, but Khan is one of those. Khan was one of those characters because remember something that's so great, great about Wrath of Khan. Yeah, Khan and Kirk never meet face to face. Like it's this very elaborate, brilliant kind of chess match that yeah. happens from ship to ship. But at no point is there like this face off. There's no fisticuffs between them. It's a battle of wits, and you know. There's a great moral, especially for Kirk, where it's like, you know, I don't believe in no-win situations and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, victory has costs, and it costs Mm -hmm. him Spock. And I don't mind saying this. After 40-something years, going on nearly 41 years since that movie's come out, that fucking scene between Kirk and Spock at the end, Mm -hmm. you got to get me Kleenex. Because it's so poignant and it, it really tells Kirk something he never wanted to believe. And it, it once again translates. And even with the deaths that happened before with his jackup earlier in the movie, it's like, well, now it costs you somebody you knew and you actually cared about. And there's a face that now goes along with your failure. And, uh, you know, Into Darkness, they tried to push that and it's like, nope, nope. Nope. And believe it or not, that movie was $185 million to produce. <laughs> I, 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 I do believe it. That, that's... See? <laughs> they, they... Yeah. I don't, yeah. We're, never, we're, we're never going to get... I, look, I, I've, I've dealt with the fact now that where I've accepted that we're never going to get like 80s slashers again that error is dead if i want to watch them i have my blu-rays my 4ks or whichever you know we will get them we'll get them as satire that's the weird part we'll get them as a as a poke at the things that have passed we'll get that (laughs) we won't ever get let me see this is gonna is this gonna yeah there it goes we won't ever get superman movies oh shit it's it's glitching we won't ever get Superman movies like these again. Nope. Do you know why? Because they just they they just won't. They, they just, don't they don't make them like they used to, as the old adage goes. <laughs> and and that's why, look, as much as I anticipate Lethal Weapon 5, and believe me, I want to see them do it. I just know. I just know that they're gonna fuck it up. It, it's going to be fucked up because it's not going to be. It's not going to be like it was. It really isn't. Yeah. Well, I feel I feel similar with that. Like how I do Beetlejuice too. Do you need to do that? You know, and and ultimately, my my thing is, if you want to bring some of this stuff back, 
because a lot of these you know remakes that i've talked about that were good think about the oceans of time that have passed to where like so many people involved were dead like you could put a stamp back on these things to where it's like not necessarily new or repackaged but remake and literally go well yeah we've updated but it's also it has to be something that doesn't connect like it's so weird how Hollywood loves to remake things, but then doesn't want to stick the landing and go full. Like they want to put in the tip, but they don't want to go the full shaft and balls. And it's like, no, if you're going to remake something, that's what remake is. And and you got to go all in. And when you do this fan service thing, there's the glitch. The, the 2013 Fetty Alvarez, once again, I'll bring that back up. It's like, hey, let's remake it, but let's make all these cues and let's put all these Easter eggs and you can do that, but you also got to pick your battles because you and I both know once you just literally shove Easter eggs everywhere. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not consistent to wanting to remake. You still want to call back and go, Oh no. Yeah. See, we still remember the old ones. And it's like, you're either all in or all out, especially when it comes to remakes. In most cases, they want it both ways and most of that shit don't work. <laughs> And that was something that really, you know, on repeated viewings made me, and like I said, I love the Halloween franchise, but that made me hate Halloween 2018 even more on repeated viewings because they're cramming these things down our throat. And it's just like Evil Dead Rise with the Henrietta throwaway line and the Ash throwaway, come get some. And the him being the, 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 voice of the guy reading the necronomicon on the on the vinyl it's yeah there's too much you know it's like you need to balance and i i think that people just throw too much in because they don't know what else to do because they want (laughs) deeper deeper throat hey big tom i don't know if you heard this one this and and you probably are in similar time frame as far as age and when you were raised i read this and i don't know what to make of it i still think it's the worst april fool's fool's joke put out there for those who remember faces of death yes they are remaking faces of death i can't even make that up i can't even fuck around with that (laughs) and i used to i used to think faces of death was real when I was a kid, and I, I did too. When I was a kid, yes, I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Holy shit!" It's 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 right in the the guys in the electric chair, and they got the tape over, and mm-hmm. they're getting electrocuted and dying. Yep. Holy fuck! Yep, they love to promote. Yes. What, what was it on the? It was on the box, banned in forty-seven countries. Oh, just like yeah. me. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 bizarre to think yeah. that they want to remake something that I, I I'm literally like, wait, why do you want to go back? If anything, you want to remake. Mm-hmm. Why that? And I'm not saying that Faces of Death is in any way sacred because it ain't. But right. of all the things you want to go after to reboot, come back to, put a stamp on. And, and, and that's my, that's my mind boggle. It's literally why that, like you could remake 
anything. And they tend to. Why that? We have the VHS series of movies. And even those are kind of hit or miss sometimes. But I think those are far better for what they're trying to convey similar to Faces of Death. And in my mind, I'm just like, why? Of all the things you could mess with or fuck around with, why that? And like I said, it has nothing to do with this stuff being sacred. But it's like, why would you go after that? So, mm-hmm. and I guess enough time has passed, you know, similar to like the crazies and, and you know, Scarface. But part of what made Faces of Death so enjoyable for many was the kind of gruelingness of it. Like we thought, we believed that this was all real. and. It stuck with us. And and once we found out it wasn't, it was like, okay, that's fine. You know, and then we moved on to like the human centipede. But, you know, if you're going to really try to resuscitate something or bring it back by necrophilia to like remake it, why this and why now? Because a lot of the shit they show in Faces of Death back then, you can't show that now, real or fake. <laughs> no. Can you... Yeah, here I'll uh, I'll bring him in to talk about faces of death. Wait here, please. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, girl. Hey. So, faces of death. Um, <laughs> I don't know how old you are. I'm forty, and I remember it very vividly. And I'll be forty-eight. Actually, no, I am forty-eight. No. Fuck, how old am I? I'll be 48 in December. So I'm an old fuck. 48. I'm going to be 44. I mean, you remember all that. I remember um, Hollywood Video and Blockbuster having that on their shelf Mm -hmm. as like a, I, I would say 10 maybe. I was like 10 or 11 when I first saw it. And my, I'll never forget it. My dad rented it one time, and he goes, "Okay, boys, go to bed." And we're upstairs, and I remember they didn't go to bed. <laughs> we we climbed like alligator climbed down the steps a little bit to peek around the railing to see what he's watching, because mm-hmm. my mom was bowling, so we thought my dad had got a porno, and we were going to watch. And it was one where the cop got eaten by the alligator. <laughs> is that is that faces of death or traces of death? Because there was traces of death as well. That was faces of death. That was faces. Yeah. That was the first was one. The first faces of death. Yeah. I didn't see any of the others. So I learned later on in in life that a majority of that was like really yeah. fucked up, fake shit. Yep. But there were real clips though of like people getting electrocuted from like power lines. Um, which one was it? There was one where they're on like scaffolding and they were pushing yep. scaffolding, and it it t- and the guy was like, "Did you see him shaking? Just fucking turn into smoke?" And I was like, "Oh, that dude, they're, 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 that's not real. That's fake." And then my buddy's like, "No, no, that one was real." I'm like, "Damn it!" I was so disappointed. Faces yeah, faces. Yeah, faces of death stuck with me for years and i was almost 
almost saddened to find out that it was, you know, very much orchestrated. But then again, when you grow up and you kind of have those moments where it's like, well, yeah, that all kind of makes sense. But for me, now I'm back to the point of why this? Like, what generation is like banging down the doors for a new faces of death? Like, of all the shit you could fucking diddle diddle tinker with, why this? Like, I would watch a remake of Steel Magnolias before I would watch this. Like, I don't fucking get it. I mean, this day and age, dude, we live in a, a world full of pussies, man. Like, everybody is offended by everything. Like, you, I can post have a good day on Facebook and some fucking jerk-off is going to be like, well, maybe they shouldn't have a good day because maybe they're mourning something. It's like, go fuck yourself. Stop being... Wait. Well, you also got to remember, a lot of those people don't get out from behind the cell phone or the tablet or the twatter. And it's, it's always unique as far as interactions, because for some people, and I think one thing we've missed, I'm not trying to go out on a tangent here, but I think one thing we really have lost, like a lot of people have lost, is a sense of reality. Because for so many people, looking at their phone, is reality the shit on social media is reality and it's like no don't you understand that that is kind of now more than ever orchestrated to kind of get people to kind of go at one another i actually had this was a couple months ago and i and i i was very very pleased to say that i had a disagreement with a woman on an article and we were actually able to talk it out, you know, back and forth as far as social media. We didn't agree. We, we still didn't come to a consensus of, hey, I, I mean, I saw her point, but I didn't agree with it and vice versa. And then at the end of it, I was like, hey, have a great weekend. And she said so too. I think her granddaughter was going to come and visit. And I was actually um, going to have, I think it was dinner that night and then go to the movies with my son. That was literally like decent social discourse of not being able to agree on a subject that happens so few and far between. And I know there's a lot of people who, when they want to say something, they're like, somebody's going to take this the wrong way. I really hope that people understand that I'm trying to add to the conversation as opposed to steer it because I'm one of those people and, and, and I've learned through trial and error, more error than trial and especially with my time in the military, like you have to kind of have an understanding of something to be able to speak on it. And now more than ever, that doesn't happen. And that's why social discourse is in the fucking toilet. I, I'm all for people interjecting about things and wanting to have a conversation. But I think, you know, the three of us understand that it's not even a conversation anymore. I fucking wrote it on social media. I'm right. Well, you know, yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, like, I've been doing radio uh, since 2009 or 10. Mm -hmm. I started comedy and, you know, got into radio and all that stuff. And, you know, back in like 2008, 2009, all them, you know, and even before that, like 2007, you know, you really didn't have to watch what you say because people knew that if they went to a, a, a comedy show that it's, Comedy, that's what you're fucking there for. Like, just like if you go to, um, you know, if you're going to a concert, 
Um, you're there for fucking music. You're not there for live video and and circus games, you know. But right. now it's nowadays it's like I have a detailing business down here in Florida, and you know my mom constantly is always worried because like I'm still the same guy I was. 20 years ago, you know, I don't give a rat's ass. If I, if I have an opinion, I'm going to say my opinion, right. whether you like it or not, whether we disagree to, or not disagree. And if you don't like my opinion, you're entitled to that. Um, if I'm giving a fact about something and I'm, I'm a hundred percent positive that it's true, then I'm, I'm, it is what it is. But I, I'm always told by like her or, you know, a couple of relatives like, Dude, you gotta watch what you say on the radio because you're gonna upset somebody. And and that's the thing. Like now, when I post stuff, I got I, I feel like oh, I'm gonna post this. I'm gonna put in a couple of groups. Who am I gonna piss off today with something <laughs> that these fucking idiots can't like decipher what's a joke? Like even Facebook is taking it to the point now where like I'm constantly um, getting these fucking warnings. Like I just did one the other day about that that uh, vaping is gay um, post that I made the other day. Uh, I got a warning for hate speech. Like really, I what I'm not allowed to have a fucking goddamn um, word about how I feel about it. But they, right. you know, these fucking assholes that shove shit down your throat. So, but you also got to remember, for them, that's reality. And they literally, a lot of people tend to pick that stuff apart. And I, I've always been a firm believer that, you know, if, if you, if you're at a certain age and a certain point in your life, you have to kind of understand that not everybody is going to agree with everything everybody says. And that happens on both sides of the equation. That's why I love having conversations and discourse and having opinions to where it can be talked about. Hey, what are you seeing? Hey, this is what I'm seeing. And even if you, even if those two people, or even if me and someone else don't agree, I think it's so fundamentally important yet lost that we can disagree and go, okay, Hey, we disagree. It doesn't out and out make person bad. It doesn't out, out and out make a person dumb. But for a lot of people, what happens in social media is their reality. They don't go places anymore. They don't have social interactions the way others do. When I was growing up, if I had a social interaction with somebody, you know what it meant? It meant I got out of my damn house. I played in the street, probably dangerously, and I was almost hit by probably a couple cars in some cases, with no street lights. And I came in when it was dark, and I was told that it was time for dinner. Now you have this kind of world that everything is done so removed. You know, it's like, well, it brings us closer together so we can talk to each other. Gee, when does that start? Because we don't talk anymore. Now everything is a disagreement or it's like, well, I said so because it's right. And it's like, well, we're all a collection of experiences and we're all a collection of all these different things. And it's like, okay, if you're going to fundamentally address something, you have to kind of come at it from all these directions and you have to kind of see all the points. doesn't happen anymore. And for a lot of these people, like I said, that's why social media turns into reality because they don't go outside. You know, so many people don't have to do the things we did because now we're in our forties key to growing up, like key to having 
social skills and key on like relating to people because some of these people and i've seen it because i do uh bingo i i call them bars and stuff like that i have seen these 20 something pipe cleaners with eyelids could they go out and they think they can deal with people in certain ways and they get laid the fuck out and it's the most hilarious fucking thing and that that should happen to me in the military especially towards me retiring where things started changing and it was like well i have a right and it's like, no, it's called the chain of command. You're in the military. You're expected to possibly die in service of clean and country at some point. Yeah, you're you cannot always be right and you can't always be wrong. And uh, my favorite thing used to be when people would like, not just lawful orders, but what's expected of them. And it's like, I'm not doing that. The fuck you ain't. <laughs> I'll pick you up by the I'll pick you up by the scruff of your neck and I'll clean the fucking portage on with your face, goddammit. <laughs> no, no, no. no comment on whether or not that actually happened. You're not sending me in there on a death march. Look, motherfucker, that's your job. You're gonna go do what the fuck we tell you to do. Because if not, you're gonna wish you were in there. Well, and that's always the that's always the key about now this separation of different generations of well you know not my job not this not that and it's like you know there was a time where you were expected to do a job do it well and you were grateful for it a lot of that's passed and i get why i i really do but i also know that I think that's what kind of feeds into why generationally things have changed and especially entertainment. Like what we're talking about with movies and all these remakes and all these changes. And now these reboots, like, you know, who are you, who are you honestly bringing back Beetlejuice for 30 something years later? For us, the 40 guy, 40 year old or older. True. But we also know this second movie will be nothing like the first movie. <laughs> no, 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 but I will spend my money to watch it because it's Beetlejuice. I have to. I know, isn't it I like would, this I sad guilt? It. It's this sad guilt, I like we it. know. Yeah, it's almost like going to a whorehouse. It's like, well, I'm not going to feel loved afterwards, but I'll get something out of it. So, <laughs> Mike, you know about the right, the Robin Hood? Yeah, right. That's literally what they should call Beetlejuice 2. Beetlejuice 2, the Rub and Tug. <laughs> Well, that's what it's going to yeah. be if Jen Ortega is going to be in it, man. I'll tell, I, I'm not going to. I would do bad, bad things to that girl. <laughs> oh. She's like 18 or 19 now. She's 20. Okay, good. Yeah, she's 20. You're good. You're clear. Yeah. You're good legally, but there's still a little windowless van feel there. But I, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. I used to feel that way about Taylor Swift, but now she's in her mid-30s. I'm like... All right, I could, I, I could, Whoa, I, wait, 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 wait. Is I, she really? I she's in her she's in her mid thirties. No shit. Yep, she's in her mid thirties. Oh, and are you ready for the judgment? Are you ready for the judgment? This is this is where I get that look from so many of you, and I can't wait because I'm 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 very I'm very proud of who or what I am. But in August, guess who's going to L.A. to see Tay Tay? And has two thumbs. This fucking guy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> look, dude. There's no shame in your game, dude. Because I want nope. to go to uh, the share uh, final 
world tour when it came to Florida. Hell yes. I got, I got COVID and I couldn't go. Everyone's like, dude, you're gay. I'm like, I'm not gay. Uh, you, you like what you like. Most of us are a series of contradictions. And a perfect one, and it goes back to the first episode we did a couple weeks ago, was Stream 6. I fucking shit on that movie before watching it so much. What did I do? Opening night, Thursday evening, two tickets, please. And you know what? I don't hate that movie. I like a lot of aspects of it. But having said that, I also know that it is now yeah. this type of scream, not the scream I, I grew up with and I saw in the theater. Right. And I have right. such a great recollection of the first scream because the first time I saw it, I saw it with a couple of friends of mine. It was almost like a double date. But the girl I was with, her name was Beth. She, great person. Her dad was really awesome. Nice guy. She was, and this was in Hawaii, but she was LDS. And we had no clue. We did not know ahead of time that she had never seen a horror movie in her life. We were not made aware of this information. Having said that, the first five, ten minutes, which is, of course, still amazing, and people make fun of and replicate, and, and you know, Drew Barrymore, still amazing in that, that scene, that opening scene. Mm -hmm. This girl, Beth, who, like I said, wonderful human being, she was so great, good friend, very sweet, good-natured, <laughs> she was terrified. Like, she had that kind of like flop sweat where she was held at gunpoint. Like she was terrified to her core and she's hyperventilating. And we're like, do we need to go? Are you okay? To her credit, like a champ, she made it through. And when she left, it wasn't like, oh God, I'm so glad that's over. I'm so glad. It was literally like her first cigarette. Like, oh God, this is terrible. I hope they don't make these addictive. <laughs> she loved the movie. She enjoyed the shit out of it. She thought it was a good time. She, she, she got the premise and enjoyed a lot of it, even though she had never seen horror movies beforehand. Because, and I think a lot of people forget, even over time, and they reiterate it with every movie, you know, there's certain rules, yada, 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 that the first movie was literally a satire on the genre that Wes Craven himself, you know, spearheaded. So it's, I mean, that's probably another piece of what makes it so brilliant. This guy made fun of himself. <laughs> Genius idea. Uh, it, like, seriously, like he made fun of himself. When you look back at so much of the things that are done, and not just the Freddy stuff. I mean, that was pretty on the nose. Not just about Freddy, but the fact that Wes himself has a cameo with the hat in the sweater like the that's what people forget about the greatness of the first movie is that it was it was not only a satire but it was a satire of his own works which is funny because two years before that somebody called john mctiernan who always has a place in my heart no matter how much time he spent in jail made a movie just like that called the last action hero and it wasn't quite the same <laughs> You know, speaking of remakes, uh, since you both were talking about it, 
Let me pick your brain. Um, there was a movie in the 60s or 70s called Last House on the Left. They did yes. make of it uh, probably about 10 years ago, I think it was. 2009. Yes. 2009. Now, was there two remakes? Because didn't Wes Craven make a version himself? Uh, if he I did, know. I don't know about it. But I remake that, that I do remember. I don't think it was him. This one was pretty much like a straight uh, like from the old one like the family went to this cabin that they ran or own growing right. on a trip and then you know she went was down the woods and made it back and then people got in the house and dad's a doctor or some shit. I remember the remake. Yep. Yeah. It was, I was I like, like you know I, I was kind of disappointed because it was like I don't know. It, it just uh, it's all no. That's jump. a good one. Like jump what? shots, like the uh, like uh, for the for the scarier parts. It's all you know, like oh, those jump scare jump cuts. Yeah, jump cuts. You know, it's kind of like damn man. There's really nothing scary about this. Like the old one. The old one was you know drawn out, and you you know you didn't know whether the guy was going to be there or not, and you, you know what remake they actually stuck the landing on really, really well? Probably more than people had expected. The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> I didn't see yeah, that. I, I, <gasps> I can go with that. What year? Because I, I want to see 2006, yeah. Okay, That was... So the guy who remade that actually did, um, for those who may remember this one, I'm so glad they haven't remade this. And this is a movie that still fucks with me. I watched it a couple of months ago again, and I, and I love it. And I love foreign movies because the sensibilities and some of the stuff. But anybody remember a movie called High Tension? Um, it sounds familiar. I didn't see it all, but <laughs> I never finished it. If you gentlemen get the opportunity to check that out, first of all, you don't have to take any MDMA because you might feel like you did already when you watch it, and you can do it sober and you'll be kosher. This is a movie that you'll get up after watching. And you're not sure if you're supposed to be pissed about it. You're not sure if you're supposed to like it. You just go, oh. The 2003? Yes. It is a mind fuck of such a colossal proportion, you'll think there's jizz in your ear. It's fucking bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Yeah, I'm reading the. Uh, oh man, well, I'm gonna have to find this one. I think it's on Hulu. It's on a streaming service right now. Yeah, I have that. I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, you know, to go back to Hills Have Eyes. Um, that movie. And look, I, I, growing up, I could watch anything, and nothing would ever phase me. Right. But it's, it's fucked up that I'm now that I'm in my, I'm forty. You know. Uh, I'm older. I've seen a million of these movies. 
nothing fucks with me more than somebody's like retard, like degenerate fucking like fucking movies like the fucking like oh like those mutants yeah (laughs) dude my brain dude i get horrified like i there's certain movies i can't remember me and my wife were in bed watching something and i was like i gotta turn this off i can't watch this anymore she's like why I'm like, it's really not. That. I'm like, no, I just, I can't because my brain. You don't understand. I have one of those brains that, um, fucking like a week later, shit from like a week before will start processing for some reason, and be like, and it'll take me back to that movie and that and that moment that I was watching, but I didn't think I was paying attention, but I was paying attention. And right. so like, you got to go back and look at that scene because there was something about that scene that you saw, but you didn't. You tried to pull it out. And, I, and then I will. I will go back. I'll find it. I'm like, oh, that's why I don't want to watch the fucking shit. <laughs> and I watch. I mean, dude, look, I worked in funeral homes. I've, I've picked up bodies. I've had someone die on me. You know, I've seen blood and guts and crazy shit in my life. Same. I went to Iraq and did that. <laughs> You're a better man than me. And thank you for your service. I probably would never fucking made it. Um, but some of this shit, dude, like the movies, just some of them just fuck me up to the point where I'm like, nope, can't do it. Uh, b- back in the day, dude, I used to watch uh, Fre- all the Freddy Krueger movies, and the one where the guy's deaf and he puts his little ear thing back in, but it turns out it yes. looks like a fucking animal that pierces his eardrum and it overexposes his ear, you know, makes him mm-hmm. ear super loud and shit. Back in the day, that never bothered me as a kid. I saw that shit like three months ago. I was watching it and I start, I'm going, oh no, this is that part. Oh no, this is that part coming up. Oh no. And I watch him. He's walking across the metal um, catwalk thing and he picks up his, what he thought was his earpiece and, and it, (laughs) turn it off. I'm done. Fucking done. My mom, my mom's like, are you all right? What the fuck's wrong with you? you, you like, she hears me in my room yelling at my television. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm <laughs> in the movie theater. Oh, no. Uh, don't go to the corner, Tay-Tay. He's going to get you. Oh, oh shit. Good we stuff. Have to our other, our main I was going to say, we have tangented the fuck out of this one. Down. And it's not a bad thing. I'm all no, for I'm all for seeing where conversations go. I, I think that's part of the I think we could all agree. I think that's part of the fun. Yeah. I gotta get out of here in a no, second though, no, unfortunately. No. I've got no, I've no, got no, yes. I've got more public speaking to do. <laughs> yes. um, nice meeting you, Theo. Nice meeting you too. I will uh, I'll plug you on my show, Mike. Uh, I'll talk to you later. I'll see yes, you. Yes, you will, sir. Okay. Um, real quick though, before you go, is there any, um, thoughts that you can give us on a movie that, you know, you don't think anyone else knows about because I sure can. And I got one. So I wrote down three to kind of go over, but we have tangented and in a good way, we have tangented this one hard. So there is a movie near and dear to my heart. I own it. I enjoy it. It is called, I come in peace. It stars Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. It stars Dolph Lundgren. The reason why, a couple of reasons why people may not know it exists is one, 
The title was changed halfway through. In some markets, it's referred to as Dark Angel. Right. On Amazon Prime, there's a poster. The image for it in the interface says Dark Angel. The movie is titled A Cub in Peace. So there's the first thing. Two, this was a last gasp effort to turn, at least at the time, I mean, Dolph Lundgren was already established and, and had some of his own movies, but this was literally that movie where they were really trying to make hay out of something that wasn't there. What makes the movie enjoyable for me is that it's very 80s. It came out in 90s, so it's right there. And it is... It is not spoilerific in any way, but what makes it great is this. When people ask for a synopsis and people want to go, what's the movie about? You only have to say three words and those three words connect. Alien drug dealers. And that's it. You don't need anything else. <laughs> it's a good one. It's very breezy. It's fun. Of course, it's short. Um, it's from Craig Baxley, who's done so much other genre stuff, even like Stephen King stuff. And, and this, was, this was a director I don't think ever got his due. And this is just one of those fun, entertaining movies that um, just, for, just for kicks, um, people should definitely check out. Yes. And mine... Is I hope you're I hope you were done and I didn't cut you off. No, you're good. You're Mine good. Was a is a 1996 little known movie starring Paul Rudd and Donald Logue. It's a Canadian production. It's called The Size of Watermelons. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Have you seen that? I have. have. <laughs> I love that movie. I don't that know why. But I that movie is that movie is such a goof. In a good way, and that's what makes it so great. Yeah, that's why uh, on the thumbnail, Paul and uh, Alex and Noam are right in the top corner. Yep. Oh, that's so good. That is a that also is a really good one. Another one, yeah. real quick, that gets my vote is called Bound. For those who may have heard of it, ah, uh, yes. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon. And that was the Wachowskis movie that they, I mean, it was literally made for $5 million. They scraped money together. Like everybody who worked on it was like working for like nothing. And it was this fun little passion project. And it's this film noir. It's done very, very well. And from a visual standpoint, when you look at a lot of these things, you can't help but to go wow this is this is uh it, it doesn't look like it was made for five million dollars um and this was also a production that many of the lead you know kind of departments if you will um had done multiple tasks like when you look at the credits and stuff like that like everybody had a hand in this fun movie that was not what everybody expected it to be. And this was the movie that kind of, as they tell it, reinv reinvigorated interest to get the Matrix made and help solidify with Warner Brothers that the Wachowskis would make it because they purchased this 
they wanted to, you know, have other people on it. They, of course, had their ideal of casting and they went off and made Bound and kind of let, you know, the Matrix as a concept cool off. And Warner Brothers was trying to figure it out. And it's like, okay, well, whatever's going to happen, we can only do so much. So they basically made Bound to kind of show what they could do behind the camera. But of course, the translation between a $5 million movie and a $70, $80 million movie was far and away. <laughs> but without Bound, you don't get The Matrix. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So that's a, that's a really good one, too. And, and uh, the third one, real, real quick, it's called Split Second. It was made in the early 90s and yes. has Redker Hauer. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's funny that it has Redker Hauer in it because in many ways, as much as I enjoy the movie, it is kind of a C-list take on Blade Runner and Alien. Lots of fun, silly, 90s. It's got Kim Cattrall in it too, um, before obviously Sex in the City. That's another good one where it's like people are like, oh my God, this exists. I'm like, he sure does. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Love it. This, this was another great one. I got to tell Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we took some U-turns there, but uh, it, what it makes... A great show. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's part of the fun, I think, of podcasting and when you have notes, but then you also kind of get into the conversation. I think what makes so much of this great and enjoyable is where this stuff can go. Because you start someplace unscripted and then you kind of get to the end and in between it's all going to be about what you fill in as far as the blanks and uh that's why podcasting is fun for me i mean not just with the fact that you know i talk too much but there you go <laughs> you, you because i certainly couldn't fucking do it so <laughs> This, 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 this is, I, I can't wait to see where we go next. I really can't because this is, this is going to be great. Oh, especially this one. Like, I think, you know, we were on a roller coaster and in a good way, we literally watched the rails disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. So, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then now I got to go and talk my ass off even more. <laughs> yeah, and we will be back on... on shoot i don't have a i don't have a calendar we'll be back in two not next thursday but the thursday after we'll be back yet again talking about something else yes and And we might actually get to those subjects this time (laughs) you never know you never know but it was great uh, yep absolutely thank you sir thank you as well and tom for chiming in and coming along for the rides Yep. yep. And Mr. Nanners and anybody else who watched in the chat, please thank you guys. Nanners, Nanners, Nanners. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We will see thanks. you next time.